If you have been waiting for Footnote to return, or if you've never heard our podcast before, then this is your podcast. This is something you want to listen to today. I am John Manos, president of Bellarmine Forum, and we are kicking off our podcast again. When we're going to start, I have John Dijak with me, the vice president of Bellarmine Forum, and we're going to start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Our Lady of the Rosary, pray for us. Pray for us. So, John, I'm excited. You know I've been after you for like a while to do this. And honestly, I didn't press you too hard because I'm a little bit nervous to get, you know, just for us uh, to be... It was different when when Dr. Mannion was doing the podcast because he was Dr. Mannion. Right. Uh, It's kind of different when somebody hands you the steering wheel and you realize, well, i got to drive the car now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So here we are, and uh, uh, hopefully uh, this begins what I hope will become weekly or even just more frequently podcast where we're going to mix it up. It'll be a little bit like the old Jack Benny show, and we're going to have like regular guests. Uh, but then when we have a special opportunity to talk with uh, special people, have them on as a guest, and then other times it might just be me, you, or somebody else just talking. No, I think it's great. I'm, I'm Currently I've cracked a beer, I've got the uh, pipe at the ready, uh, and uh, I'm ready to roll. So Excellent. Excellent. Very good. Well, that's kind of what I had in mind for this, is it, it, it this should be like a little bit like living room time where uh, our blog posts, our publications are... Uh, good for the plumber all the way to the professor, but they're meant to be a little more academic. This, I'm hoping, is more like uh, how do cat, how do humans talk about the faith? How do these issues today touch us? Um, right, right. You know, and that, that kind of brings me back. I, I, my hope, uh, because it's kind of like the inaugural, the launch, the launch episode of uh, the, the the podcast. We don't even have a name for it yet. We're just going to Bowman Informed Podcast for now, I guess. Um, is I, I thought, here's both of us. We both were Wanderer fans way back when. And uh, I, I think I can remember, I think one of the first times I ever really realized that the Wanderer form was a little bit different than the Wanderer. I never got that before I was a lawyer, that what the difference between a foundation and like the paper and all that was. But I can remember that pamphlet that came around about the CCHD and Stephanie Block's work. Right. That was, you know, back then nobody was talking about it. Paul Lacutus's work on the on the point as well. Yeah, I, was, I, I remember that. Uh, this is early '90s, I want to say. Yeah, uh, when that was coming through. So, um, no, no, no. I, I, I we had very very similar backgrounds in that regard, with regard both to uh, our education in the faith, um, being at Jesuit schools on opposite ends of the state of Ohio. Uh, well, of course, Cleveland I went to the better school. <laughs> well, that, that's a, you guys. I mean, you know, I got nervous for another podcast. Of okay. course, but um, anyway, we'll save but, that one um, for the fall, huh? Exactly, exactly. But um, but no, the uh, I remember well. Um, uh, you know, blessed to have been in a very solid parish with a good pastor, and uh, the Wanderer was a mainstay. Uh, I think the probably the first time I saw it was in the back of the church somewhere. And uh, I was was very intrigued by the writing, and it was taken by it. Um, and this was in in high school, I think. And I uh, just kind of kept. 
following both controversies as well as catechetics, I guess you could say. Um, you know, you, you, you heard the solid stuff coming from Rome during those years, but you also had the, uh, the realism of the, uh, of the, of the state of affairs of the church in this country. And, uh, was always taken by it, was always kind of like eyes open about things. Yeah. And I think that's kind of served us well over the years. And, um, I think really that should be the posture of any Catholic is to, have that uh, have that realism before going into things. See, that's what it was like for me. I would see my parents bring it, you know, particularly my mom. My mom would pick it up at church. Um, she would go to Latin Mass at Old St. Mary's in Cincinnati. And back then, they had a, a, like, I forget who it was. It was somebody I knew when I was really young. He had passed away, but he left, like, this perpetual subscription. So there were, right. there was a no. guy, one guy that picked it up, he, and it, I don't know how many medals he had on his rosary uh, of blessed memory, Don Schwartz. He'd yeah. pick it up at the post office and he used to say all the time, I, over the years, as I got older, I'd get excited because i wait for Don Schwartz to show up and put those wanderers on the back table so I could get my copy. Right. right. And he would tell me, sometimes you'd see him and he wouldn't have that bag, but you'd see his rosary. Yeah, yeah. He said, no, post office is holding it up. There's something really good in it this week. <laughs> You know, and I'd be like, oh, man, i got to know what's in it. That's so right. like, the next week I might get there and he would have last week's copy and then this week's right. copy. And then I'd have to binge read it and see what was going on. Yeah, right. You know, and I, I guess that's the thing is today I think people can take it for granted because even on the front of it, they'd have that picture from like a beautiful parish from around the country. Right, exactly. And you'd see these places, you know, like we can go online and we see it stuff all the time now. Or right, right. But back then, it was kind of like, whoa, cool. And then you kind of like, ah, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, it was beautiful architecture, which supported, it's theologically coherent, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, <clears throat> if we're talking about the faith being the air we breathe and the defining feature of our lives and, and, and just the uh, knowing what our end is, you know, well, shouldn't shouldn't our physical structures manifest that to a certain degree and how much more the, the actual uh, temple of God, right? So that was, you're absolutely right. The, the pictures of, of the churches on the wander and, and um, I believe it's still the case with, you know, there's always the exception of the picture of the Pope or something to that effect. Um, but those were always kind of supportive of kind of a coherence in terms of Catholic life, which was always very, very attractive. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, I don't know that people, you know, I, some things it's funny today. I wonder, like, do anybody appreciate what that's like? Because back then, it was like some pastor at some parish could tell somebody, well, no, this is what Rome wants. Right, right. The only way you, and then you'd go read The Wanderer, like, a couple of weeks later, and it'd be reporting on what the Pope said, and be like, no, that's the exact opposite of what I heard that. Exactly, exactly. Oh, I remember getting into, so we had a, you know, God rest his soul, Father Scully, the grand old pastor at Holy Cross Church in beautiful Euclid, Ohio, um, was very old school and um, implemented Vatican II the way it was intended to be, you know, by by the by the fathers. And by that I mean, liturgically speaking, there was reverence, there was there was the liturgical reform. There was the 1970 missal promulgated, but it was done reverently, 
with due genuflection to our blessed Lord, with the reverence from the people as well as the priests in the sanctuary, etc. And we're one to uh, we're one to compare the two masses in terms of solemnity. I can honestly say, as a kid, even though mass was in English and it was versus populum, you still had a notion, an awe, an understanding that. Okay, this is the worship of Almighty God. This is serious business, you know. Yeah. And um, um, it, it was it was um, with him uh, that you know we we kind of yeah we kept the pilot light burning and 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 you understood what what was the real deal that came out of Rome. Well, when he retired, new pastor came in and uh, started. You know, it, it was this almost. Um, elitism you haven't studied these things liturgy experts have and this is what rome wants and just to echo your point yeah this is the new way yeah yeah and and you know i remember as an altar boy uh him telling us not to kneel at the consecration and him taking away the bells and all that sort of thing and you know we were punk kids so we we had <laughs> no. I find it know, hard to believe. No. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, yeah. We we a couple of us said oh, we're gonna kneel anyway. What the heck, you know? And uh, we did, and we got reamed in the sacristy after mass. But and then we, you know, we just resigned our commissions essentially. <laughs> but oh, yeah. but it was just it was it was you. You don't have to be a liturgist or a PhD in theology to to see. A desacralization, and that was something that we always uh, not only was it manifest in such encounters as that, but the wanderer would profile that sort of thing and say, "Okay, we're not crazy, <laughs> you yeah. know, we're, yeah. we're not crazy. That there, there are other people who are who are intuiting these things." And oh, by the way, Rome is trying to stop these abuses as well, you know. So, in any event, that was one of the great things about reading the wanderer and then of course learning about the forum and doing the whole uh their various reports and their special um uh conferences and whatnot uh addressing some of these issues um it it was certainly a shot in the arm that we weren't we weren't the only ones thinking this way yeah see and for me i mean there was always this kind of thing i i uh i just remember the uh seeing the forum focus or seeing Mm-hmm. These kind of people that we knew, you know, and then I wonder about that. That kind of brings me to another point, you know, like I brought up Don Schwartz, you brought up Father Scully or Sully? Scully, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Father yeah. Scully. And, you know, I looked at those people and I had like awe for them. Because like, this yeah. don't, no, you know, right. this crazy stuff. No, no, no. We're going to do it this way, the way the church right. said. Right, right. And you look back at the pressure that was put on them and, you know, the isolation. You mentioned that you kind of... When they kind of isolated you, you know how predators work that way. They isolate their prey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And back before we had uh, all the information we have today, you can definitely think of uh, that's how this a lot of this stuff did work. Right, right. People were isolated. Right. I had a conversation today with uh, some of our, our listeners to the podcast might might know some of these figures from their own reading in, in the Catholic press. Father Brian Van Hove, uh, Jesuit historian, um, as well as uh, Ed Peters, uh, the great American canonist. And uh, 
we were both commenting on this point that the kids of today, the generation of today, the millennials, have no great figures to really look up to. Who are the great figures of today? Now, my wife, of course, uh, interjected and said, well, there's Ed Peters and Father Van Hove. (laughs) To be true, to be sure, absolutely. Um, But it, you know, I think when we were growing up, we were growing up in the 80s, who did we have? We had John Paul II. We had all those tough old Jesuits who, who who were, you know, the last of an era who spoke Latin at the dinner table in seminary, right? Who knew Thomas inside and out, who could write in Latin, speak in Latin, all, you know, just intellectually. Let's, you know, not that Latin is the end all be all, but intellectually speaking, these are great men who have thought a great deal about a great many things. Um, and, you know, had, did not, <laughs> did not abide mediocrity in the least, you no, know, and so, no, no. And, and challenged us, and I'll be the first one to say I'm the laziest guy I know, um, <laughs> I, I mean, it, um, the, but, but challenged us to be great, both intellectually, morally, and otherwise. Who are those guys today? But you know, that you bring up a good point, because you looked at them, and these were guys that still mowed their lawn, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in the summertime, had their clip, you know, what looked like a clip-on tie and a short sleeve shirt with a yeah, mask, and you know, they, right. they, were, they were like ordinary people. I, today, I kind of, I wonder when people look around and with the celebrity thing, if they don't see that, like, no, you're supposed to do this in ordinary life. Right. Right. No, that's that, absolutely right. And I, and sorry to interject, but the normalcy of it was what was most striking. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think of my grandpa, right? And you and I have had this conversation many times. What do the old guys say? <laughs> you know, that's kind of our point <laughs> exactly. of reference, right? What the old guys have always thought, you know? Um, it doesn't matter if you were a brilliant professor of Thomistic philosophy or whether you were a pipe fitter or a sheet metal worker. There's a certain uh, common... Uh, uh, common language, a common conception of things, um, and a common uh, uh, drive for excellence that marked what you did. And uh, there were no excuses for mediocrity. I mean, that's the bottom line. You know, and that's so funny, too, because I can't think of, and, and, and really, uh, Dr. Rice, Charlie Rice is probably a great example of this because right. is the kind of... All of them were that way. No, right is right, and I'm going to do what come hell or, you know, I, I, mm-hmm, I, he mm-hmm. would never say that, but I'm putting words in, in that generation's mouth of the yeah, people we're right. talking about. Come hell or high water, I'm going to do what's right, even if it's bad. Well, when he was in his Marine uniform, he very well may have said that, you know. But um, That's true. That's, yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> so, but no, no, it's absolutely <laughs> true. I mean, um, and I think that's um, that, that uh, confidence and certitude is something that's lost today. Oh yeah, um, among the faithful. I mean, and you had a, you really had kind of a restoration, if you will, under John Paul and um, Benedict. But um, recent years have seen confusion, and in a, a kind of a seemingly lack of uh, desire to uh, to put put to. To stop the confusion or to, to, to bring the certainty 
that is required. See, and that's kind of, I think even with the, with the way things are today, that tone, that voice, that, no, I know what's right, and it looks real confusing, and even if you isolate me, I'm still going to say what's right. I think that right. really is the backbone of the form. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's kind of scary to me is, did you ever think that there was be a time? I mean, I always hoped that uh, one of those days I'd be like those old guys, but did you ever think that at this age or when we're as young as we are that, no, this is actually beyond our shoulders to do this now? Yeah. No, no, no. And, and again, if I can quote the eminent Ed Peters again, he said, it's our, it's our battle now. Uh, he, in particular, when he had that, com- he made that comment to me. He was talking about the confusion some more, uh, surrounding Amoris Laetitia. Oh yeah, the apostolic uh, exhortation of the, or the post-synodal exhortation uh, on the on the family, which is chapter eight, has brought great confusion, where you, whereby you have something hitherto unseen, really, um, other than maybe the goofy years in the early seventies when you talk about the Dutch bishops and their catechism and stuff like that, but where you have bishops contradicting other bishops in terms of the discipline of the church and contradicting the perennial teaching of the church. So what's immoral in Malta is, or what's moral in Malta is immoral in Philadelphia, as someone said. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's really an unprecedented time uh, based upon a confusion of interpretation of a particular document. So um, it really is our fight now in terms of, you know, I have eight kids. You have you have uh, godchildren uh, who, whose souls you care about. Oh, yeah. What are we going to do? And uh, it's eminently our province as laymen and um, Catholic gentlemen to uh, to respectfully and uh doggedly fight you know for the for the faith so. <laughs> well and it's strange too because i guess you know you, you see i guess when i was when i was growing up you kind of thought oh, well that's the things of other people and now it's kind of like these issues i think the information age helps it they get pressed on you into a different way right I mean, you know, maybe my, my experience was a little bit different because in, in high school, I saw the whole Latin mass thing. I mean, I have a, a letter that I wrote and letters that were written from my parish to Rome for the Ecclesia Day thing. I, I probably sure. put them on the forum at some part. Right. And uh, it kind of made me, you know, it kind of made me feel at that time like, wow, I guess, you know, we really are connected to the, to the, to Rome. But then I got a little bit older and I realized, no, that was kind of a special kind of thing. Not everybody does that when they're growing up and have like a right. committee in their parish that's like communicating with, with the Vatican. Right, right, right. Exactly. You know, but I saw other things too, like when recovations came up and people it's would 11 petition o'clock. and make petitions for uh, uh, to save their parish or to prevent uh, an altar being ripped out or things like that. right. And I, you know, now that I look back at it, I'm like, was it ever really supposed to be this way? You know, that's pretty, pretty extreme when you have to petition Rome to save your parish. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of of ridiculous. And Um, when we look at what's going on today, you know, I just had a thing up this past week about the, uh, uh, the the alleged orgy. You know, there's more facts that have come out and stuff like that. But it's like, okay, that's not so much new because we've been hearing about that stuff. Right. And uh, but the idea that that 
I think when I was younger, listening to everybody talk about Fatima or listening about the different things, and you think of this apocalyptic end that's coming, you kind of thought, okay, we're gonna we're gonna get to a point, and this is gonna be better. And right, right. It's like it it keeps. I don't know. I I don't know if some of the things or some of the reactions I see people talking about. I think they thought that during JP two towards the end, and then with Benedict that maybe somehow we weren't dealing with the same creatures in the Vatican that were there in the 70s. Right, right. But in a lot of ways, I kind of feel like we're seeing, like the 90s are back. We've seen the yeah. Am Church, the Recovations come back. We've seen other things. There's questions about communion in the hand. and Right. And I don't know that, it, I, you know, at least when I was younger, it seemed like people had more spirited discussions about it. I see some spirited discussions, but I wonder if that's not really the devil's game of just grinding people down because now it almost seems like you bring this stuff up and even the best people are kind of unfazed by it. Right, right. You know, I can remember if you brought up communion in hand, I can think of people that I knew when I was younger and they just start like their eyes would go red and they just start, you'd see their veins bulging and mm -hmm. just, just, this is, this is criminal. Right, right. I think part of it is, um, uh, you know, with with every, I mean, you're we're just used to it now, right? Yeah. Um, so with the passage of time, with the neglect of catechesis, um, and in in some, you know, I suppose in some quarters, um, even Orthodox quarters. Um, What's important now? What are the priorities? Am I going to talk about the real presence or am I going to talk about communion in the hand as a discipline? You know, um, it's probably better to get the faithful on board that this really is Jesus. Um, and then I was we'll just get to that, the, you know, as I was, I was laughing, I was just going to say, you yeah. know, it, it's a shame that we have to, we can't even get to that point because just getting somebody to believe that there's God kind of seems to be catechesis today. I, it, a perfect example. I talked to Art Hippler. Uh, who, who's written for us before and is a board member um, for the forum. Uh, he, he's done some excellent work on Catholic social teaching. He's written a catechism on Catholic social teaching at the behest of uh, then Bishop Burke, but now Cardinal Burke, uh, when he was uh, at, in La Crosse. But uh, he's, he's currently teaching theology at Providence Academy in, in the Twin Cities, and uh, very successfully, and, and he's a superb teacher. I spoke with him about certain initiatives that uh, the forum wanted to do vis-a-vis -vis high school kids. And we were talking about uh, discussing you know, particular encyclicals and how do we get this to the kids and that sort of thing. And he said, you know what, John, let's pause for a second. I'm just trying to convince these kids that they should be confident that grass is green. <laughs> that's where we're at. Yeah. Okay? yeah. You know, it, it was words to that effect that he told me. He's like, you know, we'll get to the encyclical in time, but let's get first things first. You know, this is such a strange age we live in of such um, uh, lack of confidence in one's intellect, um, lack of confidence in uh, one's senses, that uh, we have people – disputing <laughs> that grass is green or that the sky is blue or, or, you know, or what gender basic, they are. Yeah. Or and precisely. And that, that, you know, is so, you know, what's the old theological maxim? Grace builds on nature, right? 
we need the nature thing first. Yeah. And so when we when we discuss these different ecclesial issues of you know discipline and whatnot and re- or the reception of the holy sacrifice or the holy sacrament, um, it, it, it seems to me that uh, uh, I can understand certain pastors uh, neglecting that in order to shore up the very doctrine first, you know, and then perhaps seeing what then will follow. doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about it. doesn't mean we shouldn't catechize as to, okay, if we really believe this, then there are certain appropriate ways we should uh, receive uh, our Lord and, and um, handle our Lord, if you will, um, and that sort of thing. And that brings up the priesthood. It brings up the other sacraments. All that sort of thing, but it's kind of a a uh, we live in such a secularized age, um, while inexcusable in one sense, understandable in another. You know. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, but that kind of gets back to. I know one of the things, in, at least as far as the forum website and things like that have gone. Even the the catechism explained that we have up there, you know, I think yeah. that some people would look at it and they'd be like, oh, well, uh, you know, it doesn't get into this controversy. It doesn't get into the finer points of that. But the, one of the reasons I love that catechism is yeah. it's rich with patristic quotes. Yes. It's rich with just straightforward, clear writing that you don't even, you know, and I hate to say it this way, and I... And, and I realize it is the church's catechism, but the CCC, I'm sorry, yeah. when people can walk away from that and they're still not, it's like you still need something clear there that helps people know. Right, right, right. No, there's some things that really are real. Two plus two really does equal four. No, there is a God and he's revealed right. himself to us. Right, exactly. And he loves us. <laughs> <coughs> Hence his reason for revealing himself to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, what what is a real you know when you when you are entering into a relationship with someone, you know what do you do? You tell that person about yourself. You mm-hmm. you 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 know first you introduce yourself, at the very basic level, but then you tell more about yourself. Well, you know, and then the rest goes from there. It's very human. <laughs> it's very well. I say it's very human. It's very godly, really, because he's the paradigm for all of us. So, now we brought up Vatican II before, and it's funny because Doctor Hippler's comments are are, are are real. Yeah, you know, I, I sometimes I wonder. I try to look back, and I, I talked about you know, it seems like we're still fighting the same creature. Yeah. Now the the forum was founded on the heels of Vatican II to be to fight the confusion of the age. Correct. I would have thought after 50, well, 52 years now, you know, you would think if, I wonder if when it was founded, and I, and I, and I don't, I just, I wonder if anybody thought that 52 years later, they'd still be dealing with this. Because it's right. everything that they, it's everything they made the forum to, to fight. We need our beloved secretary, treasurer, Cindy Pazlowski on this, on this uh, podcast. Yes. Because she's been at it since the beginning. And we will twist her arm, dear listeners, uh, to get her on here because she's a wealth of info on that. Um, it's interesting you bring this up because I'm in the process of reading uh, Cardinal Mueller's book, the Cardinal uh, Mueller Report. Um, similar in, in both 
style and and you know concept to the original Ratzinger report years ago when oh, yeah. okay. Cardinal Ratzinger sat in for that interview. But it's interesting. I just finished a portion where he spoke of Vatican II, and, and his interlocutor says, you know, um, this loss of faith after the council is it because of the council? And his response is something that I think we, you and I have talked about in the in the past. He he says no; these things were predating the council. That was just the flashpoint, essentially, for mm-hmm. the unraveling to occur. So there really was, even though you had a, you know, the reign of Pius the Twelfth, the height of Catholic power, the Catholic confidence, etc. Something was going on underneath. Oh, yeah. uh, a, a, a modernism. Um, uh, just a, a variety of forces at work, which have really continued to this day. And he, so he posits that it was a pre-conciliar set of problems versus a post-conciliar set of problems. It's almost as if Vatican II were the excuse mm. to out all this stuff, yes. right? Yeah, and um, and and that's that's what he posits. And uh, there are no easy answers, especially when one considers that most of this stuff is inspired of supernatural powers. And so how do you fight supernatural powers that are malicious uh, or malevolent well, you know, or I, demonic, I, as yeah, it were? With our rosaries. That's what Our Lady told Amen. us, at least. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And it's, 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 um, that's an old solution, isn't it? It's not something that's new. We're not. That's not. Hey, how to keep your kid Catholic oh, after John, he leaves the John, house? Things are, things are different now. Don't yeah. get the Middle Ages. You know, those were just arcane yeah. stuff. No, God is modern. Right, He's right, right. A living, breathing God that evolves. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know. And it's funny too. These are the kinds of things I always hesitate before I start putting it in a blog post because right, I, I yeah. put a comment recently about. Talking about, oh, no, I remember studying Ronner at my Jesuit school, and I thought, how do I bring up the laying on the floor and counting backwards to 10? You're supposed to picture yourself on a beach talking to Jesus, and that they, that was, that was <laughs> right. pawned off as prayer. I mean, you know. Yeah, I know, I know. He's carrying a surfboard, and so are you. Yeah, Haven't yeah, you connected yeah, 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 now yeah. with the divine? Yeah, so. <laughs> Everybody felt good for about two minutes, and then, you know, nobody still knew how to how to pray after that. But, I mean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It, uh, no, but it, with all joking aside on that sort of thing, and uh, it's true though that you know if, if people would give the old guys a shot, just what you said earlier, what do the old guys think about this, right? Mm-hmm. Just give them a shot. Read Aquinas, read Bellarmine, read Ignatius, read Benedict, whomever, right? And also follow the prescriptions of of prayer that they offer and what our lady gives us, you know, in terms of the rosary, um, uh, you just need to do it, try it, give it a shot. It doesn't need to be something that was invented yesterday, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's different folks, it's different strokes for different folks. I, I get that. Some are more, um, some are more inclined spiritually in one direction or another. Perfectly fine. Church is big enough for that, you know? But let's not give short shrift to the tried and true spiritual weapons, indulgences, the the, the novenas, mm-hmm. our, our various our various other uh, deep deep traditions that have have um, 
have nourished the saints throughout the centuries. You know, and it's funny because uh, there's always, you brought it up, the tried and true. And it depends on which group you go around. Uh, and this, this is probably a good topic for us to pick up another time because I know both of us can talk for hours. Sure, sure. On charismatics versus Latin mass groups versus everybody else. But it's funny because I think the, sure, probably sure. our audience, uh, you know, I don't. I would find it hard to believe that somebody in our audience doesn't have a rosary and doesn't want to say it often. I think the problem right. for most of our from most of our uh, audience is probably like a week goes by and they're like, "Yeah, I should have said more of my rosaries." <laughs> That's exactly right. The lazy. <laughs> it's the laziness factor. It's, you know, yeah, or the we we have that we have that image of our lady in our living room and we look at her lovingly and then we're like. I feel like crap because I didn't say the rosary like I ought to have or something. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. How did it, so. how did the day go by and I neglected you? You know, and, and yeah, yeah, got, yeah. But it, it's funny because I, what I kind of see going on in, in in like groups that are fragmented off of a variety of Latin mass groups and some are fragmented. It seemed like for a while, like in the nineties, it was there was like this crossover between the Charismatics and some of the Latin groups into the Marian apparition thing. Sure. And it's almost like they were they were looking for like a more powerful blessed mother, right? Right. Like somehow you know, uh, no. If I get this key, and then of course out of all that, can, you get the Medjugorje people, right? Right. They have the most special blessed mother because they got the Medjugorje blessed mother. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you, you, it's like wow, you. It's almost everywhere you turn. But like you said, the tried and true. Yeah. When I read Maximilian Colby, I'm like, man, he was looking at some tough stuff facing yeah. him. Absolutely, yeah. And did he say a special rosary? No. Yeah, yeah. The he, same it, one you and I could say. Yeah. G.K. Chesterton um, made a brilliant observation. I think this was in Orthodoxy. Um, you know, God delights in monotony. Um, uh, he, yeah, every, I'm glad he gave me a little bit of OCD because I, I seem to do that same thing. <laughs> right. No, it's, it's absolutely true. Um, I mean, Every sunrise is a new sunrise, right? But we know it happens every day. Yeah. But every day it's 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 new and it's exciting and it's different and it's glorious, right? Oh yeah. Um, he 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 gives the analogy of, you know, and you know this from your godson, right? You take a little kid, you throw him up in the air. He's like, you know, do it again, do it again, you know, do it again, do it again, throw it again. come on, and do so it again. You, you do that after five times. Who's tired? The kid is not tired. The kid wants it over and over again. We're the ones who are like, all right, kid, yeah, take it easy, you know. But the point is well taken because, you know, what is what does our Lord say unless you become like little children, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and God is not tired. God always says, do it again to the son. He's uh, like that little kid, right? Um, <laughs> who is you know never, what? never bored with it. And, uh, and that's what we have to be like, but we're, we get jaded because we get old and we think we know it all and we think we're smarter and and all that stuff when in reality we should be that kid who wants to be thrown up again in the the sky. So, um, and with that, that is an excellent place. We've, uh, we've hit right around the right around time that I think for your podcast to go and, um, 
my hope is that the audience will be uh, just like uh, for, uh, the audience probably is not aware when John mentions my godson, he's mentioning his son. <laughs> uh, and I want our audience to be at the point where they're like, oh, that was good. Let's do it again. Do it again. So <laughs> this was uh, this was the, the, our starting episode uh we will of course have more there's uh going to be some there for you to uh binge listen to at the same time uh this odd this podcast is brought to you by the bellman forum it's not yet uh with an underwriter however if you do wish to underwrite production of the podcast and support the bellman forum you can contact us and you could get a mention here an underwriting spot we're not looking for advertisers but it would say Let's just say it that way. This episode was underwritten by a generous donation from so-and-so or something to that. If you'd like that, let me know. And uh, contact me, Cindy or John, at the at the forum and uh, let us know that you'd like to underwrite the podcast. Meanwhile, uh, let's end with a prayer. Um, we'll make it short. Our Lady of the Rosary, pray for us. Pray for us. And uh, we look forward to another episode. I do want to give something to our audience because it's funny. I wish we had Cardinal Moeller working on our secret project, the Vatican II book. Uh, but John, I have to point out that John Dijak is our man, and he may have made the biggest score for us. <laughs> and I wish I could p- 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 say his say what it is, but I'm not going to. And John, of course, knows more about this and if you keep listening or maybe if you check the website in a few months you will be able to see that we have been very 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 busy working on good things for our readers uh pertaining to this vatican II book with that thank you everybody for listening we look forward to you in the next episode thank you john for being on this was great my pleasure we'll see you next time god bless god bless This podcast is a production of the Bellarmine Forum, formerly known as the Wanderer Forum Foundation, which was founded in 1965 on the heels of Vatican II as a faithful enclave of the Catholic faith, without all of the progressive or modernist confusion that was rushed into the church at that time. We still, to this day, are part of the battle to defend the Catholic faith and bring you faithful, reliable Catholic teaching. Our producer sits at the right hand of the Father and will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. Our executive director made all things visible and invisible. Our technical director is an unnamed angel assigned to us by the producer per show. The Bellarmine Forum is a nonprofit public charity and all donations are tax deductible to the maximum extent permitted by law. Yeah, that was supposed to be funny. This show is copyrighted by the Bellarmine Forum 2017 to the greater glory of God and the honor of his blessed mother.